Run it back, Philly. No yeah. fraud, no family. And my energy drink just splashed show. in my eye. All right, let's talk about what we want to talk about. First, five takes in the chat. Five takes in the chat. Here's a hot take. Maxi Bullseye. We're going to be a seventh, eighth seed next year in a first-round exit. What the f Why? What, what makes you think that? We're going to be a seventh, eighth seed? Okay. <laughs> Any team that has Joel Embiid in his prime is not going to be a seventh, eighth seed. It doesn't matter who you put around him. He was 12-5 and five in, his, in one month in his rookie season with TJ McConnell and Robert Covington. So that ain't... That ain't gonna happen. Uh, Harden B, Harden B though. Good. Okay, you're grading players. Harden B though. He's hard to watch with his isolation at the top of the key for 18 seconds. You gave Harden a B, a B. I gotta grade players based on what they did when it mattered the most. Cause I, I'm over it. I don't care that much. You know what you did in the regular season against most of the bad teams in the NBA. You've been a 50-win team for five or six years now. Nobody cares anymore. Get it done in the playoffs or move on. You know what I mean? Um, let's see. Let's see. Maxi gets an A-plus. Everything we wanted in Markel Fultz. I, everything we wanted probably and more, honestly. I agree with that. Uh, Elliot Patotsky. DJ Eastwood, get ready for Nurse to help take Maxi's game to the next level. Just give the kid the keys already. Might as well find out if he can run point guard this year before making any major moves. Yeah, that's a tough one for me, man. I love Tyrese Maxi, but, uh, you know, just like I said the other day, maybe I said it yesterday. Maybe I say it every day. Um, The timelines don't match up, man, you know. I think Tyrese Maxey can become a facilitating point guard. I don't think he's there yet. I think he needs a couple years to really be that kind of floor general that you would need come playoff time. The timelines don't match up with Joel Embiid, where he's at, where the team is at. They're trying to win right now. And, uh, you know, so I don't think you can go out there with Tyrese Maxey as your starting point guard. I, I don't think... You can do that. If Harden walks, I really think you need to look at your options and at least, at least bring in a Fred Van Vliet. Again, not saying he's a game changer, not saying he's some kind of superstar that's going to lead you to the NBA Finals. Just saying, I don't think Maxi is that level of point guard yet, uh, but I love him, and I think he can be. You know, And I do agree that Nick Nurse is going to um, is going to uh, take his game to the next level. And tomorrow, we're going to look at some Nick Nurse plays uh, because his offensive schemes are so much more detailed, uh, creative, so much action happening. There's so many options going on on the floor at the same time to get players in the right positions. And Doc Rivers just didn't do that at all. At all, at all, at all. Um, Ferk is an A plus if we are grading self-esteem. <laughs> DJ, that Houston kid you had on show two weeks ago just did a podcast with some dude on Locked On and said the 76ers are doing a sign-in trade for him. I don't know how that's going to work out. I hope you're right. 
I don't know how that's going to work out. I don't know why Houston would be interested in that because they have the cap space to sign him outright. Unless this, the only way there's a sign and trade for Harden, I think, is if Harden has that much kind of uh, loyalty or dedication to Daryl Morey that he would say, listen, I don't want to be here under Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse doesn't want me to be here. Or or if it's just, you know, I want to run kind of my system. I don't think he wants to run the system that I want to run. I want to go back to Houston. Uh, but just to not screw you over for the rest of your career, because you helped me by believing in me, bringing me, trading for me when I was coming off the bench in OKC and letting me become the superstar I became in Houston, I will do you the favor of working out a sign-and-trade, signing a contract with the Sixers that will would then be traded to the Houston Rockets. It would be complicated, but I don't know. I don't know. That's that, that, that feels like a stretch to me, man. But if, if somehow the Sixers let Harden go where he wants and they don't lose him for nothing, that's a win. That's a win if you ask me. That's a win if you ask me. Okay. Let's get down to business. No favors. Ah, ha, 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 F y'all. Kenny GM was just on another video of mine and said in the comments, you are so dumb. I can't stop laughing. But he's still here. And now he's hidden on the channel and nobody can ever see what he types ever again. So type your little heart out. Be the little hater that you want. We are not going to see your negative energy ever again because you're an idiot. Now let's get down to business. Um, here's what popped up today, okay? And I know this is the off season. I know we are re I mean, we are stretch Armstrong reaching with this one, okay? But there is a little bit of merit to this, and this and I don't know about the story itself being true. But Tobias Harris could be being traded before the before the NBA draft, and I really, really, really hope that happens because I think uh, I think you need to trade Tobias on the expiring contract anyway. And I think with losing the the second round picks for tampering, uh, you need to try to get back into the NBA draft at least for a second rounder. And I think Daryl Morey's been good at drafting in the second round. Isaiah Joe, Charles Bassey. Paul Reed, you know what I mean? So I think Daryl might be trying to get himself a second-round pick. I don't think he wants to go into this season with no new draft picks uh, because, for those that don't know, the Sixers have zero draft picks uh, in this upcoming draft, which is pretty insane. But <laughs> anyway, here it is. Let's go to the phones, okay? Let's First of all, who the hell is let's go to the phones, okay? Here's who – look. The number one weekly sports show on the seventh most popular station in Philadelphia, 92.9, The Sack. I have no idea what that is. Uh, released every Thursday. It's a podcast. It's got 3,000 followers. Um, but anyway, he said this. Take this for what it's worth. A friend texted saying he was sat at a dinner next to who he found out was Tobias Harris's agent. During the dinner, Harris's agent was on the speakerphone telling Tobias that he apparently was going to be traded. 
All right, listen, and and I know uh, somebody's <laughs> the sack ninety two point nine the sack, bro. That can't be real. That can't be real. But he said a friend texted him saying he was at dinner next to who he found out was Tobias Harris's agent. By the way, Tobias Harris's agent is his dad. Um, so you know the first thing people say is why the hell would an agent be sitting at a dinner? on speakerphone (laughs) talking about legitimate business that you don't want people to know about. Um, Why would he be sitting in a public place on speakerphone talking to an NBA player about him being traded? But if you go into business and decide to have your dad be your agent, this could very well be one of the things that happens when you let your dad be your agent. (laughs) I just think this is hilarious, and if it ends up being true, it's one of the funniest damn things I've ever seen in my entire life. His... (laughs) He was at dinner on speakerphone and someone's texting someone else saying, hey, Tobias Harris's agent is next to me talking to Tobias Harris, telling him that he's going to be traded uh, before the NBA draft. Now, it could be somebody just tweeting because there's a very high chance that Tobias Harris gets traded before the draft and then he would look like an inside source because he would be correct. So there's all, you know, with this inside source kind of stuff on Twitter and you want to make a name for yourself and if you continue to be correct about things, you can become known as, hey, this guy knows for some reason this guy has inside information, whatever it is. You could be taking a gamble. You could be looking at certain situations and say, I'm going to pick the situations that are most likely to happen and a month before it happens, predict it so that when it does happen, because there's a high chance of it happening, I'm the guy that predicted it. Everybody loves me. So it could be that too. But uh, there it is. It, it very well could happen anyway. Um, and speaking of this same fellow on uh, Twitter, he did post this uh, one day before uh, Jalen Rager was traded uh, from the Eagles last year, two years ago. Per our Eagles source, the Eagles are discussing a trade that would send Jalen Rager to the Minnesota Vikings today for a late-round pick, potentially a fifth-rounder. And a couple hours later, Jalen Rager was traded to the Minnesota Vikings in exchange for a, what did he say, fifth-rounder? In exchange for a fourth and a fifth. So, hey, I mean, the guy, whoever it is, he was on the money with that, right? Um, so, you know, who knows how he gets his information. Maybe he has somebody that sits next to players, agents at dinner tables. Uh, but you know, there's that. The part that scares me is this also mentioned the Sixers are likely to re-sign James Harden. That I don't like. And why don't I like that? Because I think James Harden has nothing left in the tank anymore? No, that's not exactly why. I think James Harden still has a lot of value to an NBA team. I think James Harden wants more money than he's worth at this point in his career. Um, And an article was written by somebody at the Philadelphia Inquirer, which did DJ Eastwood pay $1.99 a month to read this? Yes, I did. You're very welcome. (sighs) 
if the Sixers do this, I will be on suicide watch. I'm dead serious. Uh, that was a joke for the bots. That was a joke. I was joking about suicide watch. Damn, I shouldn't have said that. So, <laughs> YouTube is going to come at me, bro. They're going to be knocking on my front door. Put me in a mental institution. Uh, James Harden gives the Sixers their best chance to win an NBA title with Joel Embiid. Opinion piece written by uh, Marcus Hayes, okay? James Harden gives the Sixers their best chance to win an NBA title with Joel Embiid. I vehemently disagree with that because you just saw both of these players not show up in Game 7 in the second round. If you had a more legitimate superstar scorer in between both of these guys and James Harden was just a point guard, then yeah. But at the end of the day, you ended up relying on James Harden to score when it mattered the most, and he couldn't do it. I know what the what the stands say. Well, he, he, he showed up in two games. You would have got swept if it wasn't cool. We, we lost 4-3 instead of 4-0. It's the same thing. When you needed him the most in Game 6 and Game 7, he was horrendous. That's just a fact. Um, anyway, Marcus Hayes writes this. Four years, $210 million? Fans need to understand that that's okay if that's what it takes. It's not optimal, but the beard has made the process better and provides its best chance for completion. Marcus, did you wake up this morning and smoke crack for breakfast? Four years, $210 million. And that's not optimal, but if that's what it takes. So you, just because James Harden showed up in a couple of games in the playoffs, you want to be paying him $50 million when he's 38. And he just looked absolutely burned out. 37. He just looked burned out at 33. You want to be paying him 50 mil when he's 37? Are you out of your goddamn mind? But just because we have nothing better to do today, let's see what Marcus Hayes says to back up this uh, opinion. James Harden is about as popular in Philadelphia right now as Carson Wentz, Ben Simmons, and the parking authority. <laughs> Accurate. Uh, unfortunately, like the other three, Philly can't do without James Harden. Why not? You're not going to win relying on James Harden. You're not going to win if he, you're not going to win either way. <laughs> so what I'm saying is you don't have to have James Harden just because you're going to not win without him. You're not going to win with him. Uh, that's honestly, unless you fill in the blanks somewhere or unless he magically becomes Houston Harden. I, I, Whatever. Uh, Harden played erratically at the end of Game 6 and without energy and effort in Game 7 of the Eastern. Four years, $210 million, and then you're going to write in your own piece that he played erratically at the end of Game 6 and without energy and effort in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals. He and Joel Embiid choked in the biggest moment of the process has seen in its decade of futility. Four minutes of home court collapse followed by 48 minutes of humiliation at the Garden. And his reason for a four-year, $210 million contract is what's plan B? Um, you know what this is like? 
This is like being in a marriage where uh, somebody is robbing you, cheating on you, lying, stealing, doing everything, you know, 10 red flags, but you stay in the marriage because you don't want to be single. You know what I mean? I'm not a codependent. I don't know if some of you are. I'm not signing hard into a $210 million contract just because I'm scared of what happens to the Sixers if he walks. Ridiculous, man. Uh, Embiid is 29. They have a small window to win. Don't have to read that. I, I could already predict what that says. Um, plan B, Tyrese Maxey. He hasn't even figured out how to be a complete shooting guard yet. I mean, he did average 20 points per game in his third NBA season. I don't know what you mean by a complete shooting guard. I think he's a complete shooting guard. I don't think he's a point guard. Uh, Kyrie Irving, really? No, I'm not on Kyrie Irving. You think Harden's got issues? Fred Van Vliet, sorry, not elite. Nobody's saying Fred Van Vliet's elite. Uh, Harden's not elite. Bro, Harden is not elite at this stage of his career. D'Angelo Russell benched by the Lakers in each of his last two playoffs. Gabe Vincent, poor shooter. I'll <laughs> take Oh, yeah, the guy that's in the NBA Finals right now. Bro, I'll take Gabe Vincent right now. What are you talking about, poor shooter? Harden was 5 for 28 in game 2 and 3 combined. Talk about a poor shooter. Did we learn nothing about Miami and their self-evaluation of players? Uh, familiarity, count, familiarity counts. Continuity matters. The Celtics, Bucks, and Heat haven't faced major roster upheaval in years. Since 2011, the Sixers hadn't enjoyed roster stability in two. I don't like this take either. This take where people are like, hey, we can't keep trading players. We can't keep turning over the roster. You know, you, you got to give it time and, and you got to have some continuity for it to work. And then you you compare it to the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Heat. Let me tell you why the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Heat haven't had this roster turnover as much as the 76ers have. Because their roster works. Obviously. If the Bucs are in the NBA Finals winning an NBA championship in 2021, the Heat were in the NBA Finals in 2020, they're back in the NBA Finals right now, of course they're not going to have major roster overhauls all the time. The Sixers keep doing it wrong and then realizing that they did it wrong and then they have to turn over the roster again. You don't have to continue to have the same roster just for the sake of having the same roster if it didn't work last year and the year before. We, you guys said that same thing with the Ben Simmons stuff, man. Same thing. Oh, you got to give it time. You can't keep changing over. No, it's not working right now. It's not going to work next year. It's not going to work the year after that. Ridiculous take. But anyway, uh, there's the, uh, the opinion piece by Marcus Hayes, who thinks the Sixers should give James Harden a $210 million contract. <laughs> I can't. I can't, bro. I just cannot. I cannot. I can't even. I I I I very highly cannot. Uh <laughs> No. Absolutely not. And beating hard and choked bottom line, no excuses, they quit. I completely agree with that. Uh and B needs to come back prove to all of us that he's going to show up um and if Harden come back comes back on a lighter contract than two hundred and ten million, you know, then then we'll see it. But four years? No. No, 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 no. Need guys that are athletic and in shape, period. I agree. Uh problem with Harden extension is Nick Nurse will not put up with off day 
partying. I, I yeah. Look, Doc let him do whatever he wanted. Doc let everyone do whatever they wanted. Brett Brown let everyone do whatever they wanted. And just from the small example of what we've seen from uh, Nick Nurse over over his short uh, head coaching career, um, he doesn't just let players do whatever they want. And uh, after after Harden went five for twenty eight in Game Two and Game Three, Nick Nurse might might have had a major he might have had a major lineup change in in that series. If if Harden if, if Nick Nurse was the coach and Harden went five for twenty eight in Game Two and Game Three, uh, Tobias Harris was finishing games with two points and three rebounds, and PJ Tucker was giving you zero points in thirty nine minutes. I I think Nick Nurse would have would have changed things up a little bit. Doc Rivers, you know, just eh, whatever, keep going with it. Tobias doing nothing, PJ's doing nothing, keep going with it. Um, yeah. So there's my take on that. Uh, I I do think Tobias Harris is going to get traded before the NBA draft. Oh God, I'm gonna throw a, I'm gonna throw a parade when that finally happens. Um, but I hope the part about signing James Harden is not true just because he wants a $200 million contract. I think there's teams out there that are going to give him one. I think the Houston Rockets would probably do that because they're looking for a veteran floor general facilitator that can kind of raise the level of all of their young guys. And is Harden worth that money right now? Probably not, but in that certain scenario, I think that's a team that would be willing to pay it. So I really don't, I really just don't want the Sixers to do that. Um, if you could get him, if you could get him on a two-year, if you could get him on a two-year sixty and a player, a team option in the second year, something like that, maybe. But you know, I don't like that. So there's a a, a clutch points article grading. The 76ers players at the end of 2023, and we're going to get into that uh, next. After I pay the bills, this episode of Run It Back Philly is brought to you by Factor Meals. Factor Meals is a food delivery service that delivers fresh prepared meals to your doorstep for as little as $11 a meal every day. Once a day, once a week, whatever you want to do, whenever you need it, you go to the website, you check it out. Um, if you're on the run like me, you don't always have time to to, to think about what you're going to do. And when you're when you're doing a lot of things in one day, yeah, and, and you don't have time to really focus on eating healthy, you end up stopping at a Taco Bell. You end up stopping at a, a freaking Arby's. Who the hell even knows where that beef comes from? You know what I mean? You can go to factormeals.com, check out all of their options, and for as little as $11 a meal, which is cheaper than stopping at one of those places, you can get yourself back on track and eating healthy. They got plus protein options, which can help you build muscle in the gym if you're looking to get jacked up like your boy DJ Eastwood, you know what I mean? They got vegan options if you're looking to slim down and lose some weight like James Harden and Joel Embiid need to do. They got all kinds of different options. Go to factormeals.com slash runitback50 for 50% off of your first box. That is factormeals.com slash runitback50 and get your first delivery for 50% off. I'm trying to help Run It Back Nation get healthy. 
Look at some of the options here, man. Sun-dried tomato chicken, Mexican beef and refried beans, chive and garlic chicken, chicken alfredo, pasta, turkey, chili and zucchini, cavatappi and Italian pork ragu. Oh! Factormeals.com slash runningback50 for 50% off your first box. Now let's get into this. Number 21 in the chat, hating on the sponsor, bro. Like, Jesus Christ, you guys suck, dude. Um, All right, listen. Sixers final 2022-23 grades. Joel Embiid's MVP marred by playoff. <laughs> um, Debacle. So a writer from Clutch Points, Sam D. Giovanni, uh gives his grades on the Sixers at the conclusion of the 2023 season. And I'm going to look at the grades and I'm going to give you my opinion on each grade. So let's do that. Okay, here we go. The dust has settled for the Philadelphia 76ers, a new record and wins since the franchise last finals appearance didn't lift the lid. Okay. 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 Here we go. He gives Joel Embiid a B plus. A B-plus for Joel Embiid. Now, some people might say, hey, he was the MVP of the league. How can you give him a B-plus? I'm guessing he's going to talk about the playoffs here. Embiid's regular season was nothing short of legendary, contrary to what some people are saying a month after the fact. Embiid absolutely deserved the MVP. Historic dominant campaigns like this do not come around often, and his 2023 regular season should not be the only should not only be remembered but appreciated. And I agree with that. Joel Embiid had a ridiculous regular season for the second year in a row. Probably should have had regular season MVP two years in a row, but nobody cares anymore. You got to you got to start you got to start showing up in the playoffs at some point. So he says, but the playoffs, man, oh man, yes, he was injured, but no, it doesn't excuse his meltdowns in the biggest moments. That game seven performance against the Boston Celtics may be a permanent stain on his career if he doesn't find more success under Nick Nurse. Despite the hideous ending and Bede's season still had much more good than bad, it may take a while for some Sixers fans to truly enjoy looking back on it. But there are tons of moments to marvel at, even the biggest ones, even if the biggest ones were not. See, I'm putting more pressure on the playoffs now than anything else. So even though Joel Embiid won regular season MVP and deserved regular season MVP, I'm not giving a B plus because the playoffs matter so much more than that. And if I and if I'm grading his playoffs, his playoffs were about a D. All right, and if I give him an A plus for the regular season because he was had a historic season and was the MVP of the league, and I give him a D for the playoffs, that that gets us around to <laughs> that gets us around to what about a C plus? I give Joel and B a C plus because he was historic in the regular season and he stunk in the playoffs. And I don't care that he was injured. He was injured because he can't stop hurting himself by running and jumping and chasing down blocks and trying to play the game like a six foot five guard. He needs to learn to keep his feet planted on the floor to protect himself. There's my grade for Joel Embiid. James Harden gets a B minus. 
Coming into the season with concerns that he was a shell of himself, Harden was arguably the biggest snub of the All-Star game and would have been an All-NBA if he didn't miss so much time. He led the league in assists per game, scored with great efficiency, and anchored the non-Embiid minutes. His first full regular season with the Sixers was great. I agree with that. Appreciation for all the good things Harden did was given cautiously with the hopes that he would finally not embarrass himself in a postseason. <laughs> he then proceeded to do just that. Aside from saving the Sixers in two second-round games, and now seems to be on his way to the Houston Rockets, though Philly would still be better off keeping him. <laughs> so this guy says James Harden embarrassed himself in the playoffs. And outside of those two games where I don't know what the hell he did, I don't know what he ate for breakfast, I don't know what he did to be such a superstar for two games, I agree that basically the rest of that series, he embarrassed himself, especially in Game 6, and even more especially in Game 7. I am giving James Harden uh, an an F-plus for the playoffs and a B for the regular season. No, I'm giving James Harden. What am I giving James for the regular season? I'm giving James an A- minus for the regular season. I'm giving James a, an F-plus for the playoffs. That lands me on about a D. <laughs> D for Joel Embiid, D for James Harden. Let's move on to Tyrese Maxey. This guy gives Tyrese Maxey a B-plus. Maxey didn't take an all-star leap due in part to a foot injury that sidelined him for over a month. I remember that, and then he came back. Uh, from the injury and was a little bit off and then Doc moved him to the bench and that didn't really work out and then he finally got back in his starting lineup and started producing at the level that we knew he could produce at uh, even still he remained an elite off-ball weapon for him beating hard and while showcasing some defensive potential he can tap into next year next season the expectations will be even higher for Maxi. Nurse has a plan to take him to make him more of a creator and more of an impactful defender uh yeah, so I can't take away from Maxie's grade just because he was injured for a month and then he had a slow comeback and then Doc didn't, you know, Doc moved him, Doc panicked and moved him to the bench to start DeAnthony Melton over him and then he had to come back into the starting line. A lot of things happened that out that were out of his control in the regular season and the injury and Doc Rivers not really having a plan for him whatsoever. In the inside the offense, uh, for him to average 20 points per game in that season is an A plus to me. Uh, for him to do what he did in his third NBA season and uh, you know playing in that system or lack thereof is an A plus to me. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, when his usage was 26 percent or higher, averages like 26 points per game. Um, I, I, you know, I think that when he's really used the right way and really is put in ad advantageous situations on the court, like maybe a dribble handoff where he's coming off a, a double screen and has a, a downhill and a one-on-one, Maxi had to create everything for himself on the fly. There was no plan. It was Harden and Embiid, and then when that didn't work, there'd be five seconds left on the shot clock, and Maxi had to just figure it out on the fly. For him to be put in that situation... Maxi gets an A plus from me. That's how I see it. Tobias Harris, C plus. <laughs> oh God. 
How do we even grade Tobias Harris? The start of the season could not have been better for Harris as he adjusted his game very, very well to what the Sixers needed. He couldn't keep it up, though, and fell out of place for most of the back half of the season. His, impl- his impact in the first round of the playoffs was really good, not so much in the next. Yeah, that's because the Brooklyn Nets were not even in a playoff team at that point. They were only in the playoffs because Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant were on the team for the first half of the season, or first three quarters of the season. Tobias Harris, uh, you know, I know it's not his fault that he's on a max contract, but I'm putting that in the grading curriculum for Tobias Harris. You're the highest paid player on the team and you absolutely stunk when it mattered the most. And it's not just stinking it up. It's complete lack of effort in the biggest moments, getting beat back door, not getting rebounds, not getting back in transition. Tobias Harris gets an F from me as is always predicted, and every time the, believe it or not, Tobias Harris fanboys come out of the woodwork, they always tell me, you know, when he has like four good games in December, they tell me I owe him an apology, and I say, just wait on it. He's still Tobias Harris, and that's what happens. Tobias Harris gets an F. I don't care what you think about it. P.J. Tucker, C. P.J. Tucker gets an F from me because of this, simply because of this. P.J. Tucker gets an F because P.J. Tucker was brought in here to play defense, be the hustle guy, and most importantly, more importantly, shoot corner threes. P.J. Tucker averaged less attempts. He averaged less three-point attempts per game last season than he did in his entire career. And in the in some of the biggest moments, the guy was standing in the corner, catching the ball, looking around, and pump faking. I couldn't figure it out. P.J. Tucker needed to shoot the damn ball. It, the one thing he needed to do was shoot the ball, and he wasn't doing it. F. DeAnthony Melton, B-. minus. Uh, Mr. Do Something recorded the second most steals in the league in his first season. Uh, Philly was four, six points worse, 100 possessions. Um, I give DeAnthony Melton an A. And the reason I give DeAnthony Melton an A is that DeAnthony Melton's just a role player. He's not supposed to have some kind of high pressure on him. He's not a player that's going to lead you somewhere. He's not a player that you should be relying on. If you're relying on DeAnthony Melton to get to save your season, you're 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 done for. Um, but he plays just a great role for for what he's supposed to do. He's a two-way, six-foot-two guard. He plays great defense. He rebounds the ball for being six foot two. Seven rebounds per 36 minutes is crazy for somebody that size in the NBA. His heart, his hustle. Give me a sec. Oh, I'm having some allergies today, man. Uh, his heart and his hustle is, is uh, you know, it's out of this world. And he's an inconsistent shooter, but that's what he is. He's a bench player. I give DeAnthony Melton an A. George Niang, I give an F. And I give George Niang an F because he's not in shape to play in the NBA anymore. And he he makes jokes about it. He laughs about how the practices with Doc Rivers were so easy. He laughs about the fact that he drinks beer after games. Uh, one of my friends was down in Philly drinking with George Niang after a game at a local bar. He just he he doesn't take being in the NBA seriously. He's made enough money. He literally doesn't care anymore, and you can see it in his physique. So George Niang gets an F. Get out of here, George Niang. I don't want to see you in a Sixers uniform anymore. I'm sorry. You're a nice guy. I'm just here to keep it 100. Paul Reed. 
A plus. Paul Reed gets an A plus from me. Because Paul Reed, for the second year in a row, maybe the third year in a row, I don't even remember how long he's been in the league, but Paul Reed beat Doc Rivers twice in his short NBA career so far. Paul Reed won the backup center position two seasons ago against the Toronto Raptors in the playoffs, and then Doc Rivers went back to, you know, who was it, DeAndre Jordan at the time or somebody. Uh, and we're not going on a Paul Reed victory tour. Doc Rivers basically subliminally beat this dude down. And somebody that young who needs confidence in the NBA was not given that by the coach that was in charge. He was given the opposite of that, and he still overcame it. And he still came back the next season and won the backup center position again after Doc Rivers started the season with with, with Montrez Harrell and, and whoever else. He won the backup center position again. He proved Doc Rivers wrong again. So shout out to Paul Reed's resiliency and the fact that he knew, and he made subtle comments on Twitter once in a while about Doc benching him or losing all of his minutes by, by making one mistake. He was resilient. He overcame the quarrels that Doc Rivers, one of the most overrated, probably the most overrated coach in NBA history, uh, brought to the table. I give Paul Reed an A+. Shout out to Paul Reed. And I can't wait to see what he looks like. Hopefully he he's back this, this season. Uh, I can't wait to see. If he's back, I'm really excited to see what he looks like under Nick Nurse, a real NBA coach. Jalen McDaniels, a C plus. I don't think we can really grade Jalen McDaniels. He was brought here at the trade deadline for Matisse Thibel. Again, Doc Rivers put absolutely zero effort into even figuring out where the guy fits or how to use him or how to play him. Uh, him and Paul Reed both should have been used a lot more. Him, Paul Reed, uh, Daniel House Jr., some other players. Jaden Springer should have been used a lot more at all. So you can't really grade him because, you know, Doc Rivers, man. So uh, at the end of the day, I am excited to see what the whole team looks like with what I think, what I'm presuming to be the first real NBA coach in the process era, Nick Nurse. Um, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. Anyway, I've been rambling, I've been ranting, I've been raving, I've been yelling, I've been, uh, you know, doing my thing here. Shout out to Agent O. Shout out, thank you for the uh, $4.99 Super Chat. I wonder if Nick Nurse will seriously talk to him, be <clears throat> tell him that he needs to slim down. He will be so much more explosive. Harden can go to Houston. Yeah, I think Embiid would be would be so much more explosive. And and like I said, man, go just look at his rookie highlights, man. He was moving like a freaking unicorn. He was moving like a gazelle. He was moving like a mythological creature, you know, in a video game, man. He was incredible the way he was moving at his size. And he's still physically dominant. He still has the best jump shot I've ever seen from a person that size. And so he can still average 33 points a game without moving like that, which is why he's still very, very good. But I think, you know, not just for the longevity of his career, uh, for the longevity of him during a season to last deep into the playoffs, and probably 
to fit in this Nick Nurse system, which is going to be a lot more ball sharing and a lot more action. It's not just going to be dump the ball to and beat in the paint. Everybody stand around and hope for the best like it was under Doc. It's going to be a lot of ball sharing and a lot of action. I think Joel Embiid's going to have to be a lot more limber, a lot more agile uh, for that to work. So that's what I think. And so I agree with you on that. Um, yeah, that's all I got today, man. Tomorrow, I'm going to do a little bit of a stream, kind of playing some Nick Nurse plays and comparing them to what Doc Rivers' uh, offense looked like. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, hit the like button, turn on the notification bell, all of those things. We do these uh, daily live shows Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday all summer long. Thursday nights are the collab shows where we collaborate with another creator, uh, sometimes a creator from that, that covers a different team, sometimes uh, one of our favorite 76ers content creators. And Friday nights is the Sixers therapy hotline Sixers fan group therapy hotline where we go over topics and uh you know you guys call the show and you guys run the show that is Friday so stay subscribed stay notified hit the like button go to factormeals.com slash run it back 50 to get 50% off your first box of factor meals by the way, you can read all of the ingredients on there. So the idiot that was in the chat saying that Factor Meals is some kind of factory-produced garbage, uh, go ahead on there and read all the ingredients. Or just try it for yourself. Factormeals.com slash runitback50, 50% off your first box. What do you, you know, give it a shot. Don't listen to idiots on YouTube. I'm out of here. Peace.